Hello, Mixed Nut Cases. This is Nuke Jess. And we've got an episode of Why We Love of Nutty Bites for you. So we're going to be talking about why we love British comedies. With me today is... Hi, I'm still tech. <laughs> He's tech with a British accent. Hello, I'm tech. And, and, and as much as we love No Vickner will not be going to Tottenham today, we're going to just kind of leave that on the back burner because we have a whole episode dedicated to that. What a wink. fantastic episode. Wink, wink. Wink. Oh, what a great episode. That was April 1st, 20-something or other. With our dear friends, Heath and Angela. And Shane. And Shane. And Shane. <laughs> and Shane. Where, where we talked about our favorite British comedy show of all time, No Vicar. I shall not, not be, be going, going to, Tottenham to Tottenham today, today, which may or may not exist. What? I don't know what you're talking about. It totally exists. It's that <laughs> well, classic British comedy. Well, for that one-hour episode, it existed in our minds just it, like a vicar riding by nude on a unicycle oh sir ben kingsley all right so, <laughs> so um and if you're thoroughly confused that's okay it just goes in the line with british comedies so tech and i are huge fans of british comedies uh each finding them ourselves and growing up with them uh tech when when was the first time that you recall watching british comedies um i think it was my dad my mom was off doing something which means we had free control of the tv and dad's like come here and he put on uh monty python's uh holy grail quest for the holy grail ah yes and you know the stupid coconuts and all the rest of the scenes and (laughs) you know there's a couple of sexy scenes in that which means that mom would be completely against me at like 12 or 13 watching it so dad and i watched that together that sort of bit the bug and then from there it was to flying circus and benny hill and the 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 shows that that were on tv that that i could watch but a lot of the channels uh late night when the when the when the programming would change at like 11 o'clock or midnight especially on weekends they would put on uh british um british comedies and i think the first one i watched was red dwarf oh wow which was great because that was just like star trek but stupid yes yes and we love star trek but stupid yeah the, the, hello lower decks hi lower decks but red dwarf uh red dwarf i think was my gateway and then from there it was just well they would do like a british comedy block so i would watch whatever came on after and it was things like, uh, are you being served? The young ones keeping up appearances. And I just kept watching all of those. And then. So growing up, we definitely did watch the Monty Python movies. Um, uh, I believe we owned both Holy Grail and, um, uh, Life of Brian, um, possibly recorded on VHS off of somebody's HBO, not ours, because we didn't have cable, probably my grandmother's. Um, and so we watched the tape off of those. Uh, and I, I believe I was introduced by my aunt Yay, and it was, um, Are You Being Served? Mm. I, I believe I was sleeping over and I watched Are You Being Served with her and my uncle. And I just, I just fell in love. And we didn't have cable. You, you had told me that you had a couple of different channels that were showing the different shows for you. We didn't have cable, but PBS would just have a two hour block of British comedies. Right. Which was awesome. And, um, I think that's where I was getting Benny Hill and Monty Python, but the other stuff I was getting on a combination of, Bravo up here in Canada getting Bravo showcase and I think it was um uh YTV late at night was playing like like young ones. Mm. Yeah, well and that's the thing it's it's um so we I was watching are you being served the British Empire uh Red Dwarf keeping up appearances like the schedule would change mm-hmm. um and and it was fantastic and then uh when cable was finally introduced and this was like early cable for me um not early cable for most but comedy central had become a brand new channel and with that i got absolutely fabulous and the young ones and i was like this isn't the stuffy british comedy i'm used to and i was i was loving it absolutely loving it but yeah the 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 foundations are are you being served red dwarf keeping up appearances all that other stuff um for sure. And there's just something about it that I always enjoyed. Um, it was 
different than the sitcoms that were on regular TV. And I think that's because the sitcoms on regular TV were always family based. There's, yeah, the British comedies, the, 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 the sitcoms. And we're not going to talk about the skit shows, not like, like Flying Circus or anything. Yeah. We'll talk about the, um, the sitcoms. The situations that they start off with tend to be a little bit more bizarre and out there than the North American ones. Because the North American ones, it's always the same thing. It's a poor family in a rich neighborhood or it's, uh, uh, you know, a, a new family moving in someplace or it's a, it's always the same setup. You know, the, the TGIT, the TGIF yeah. lineup of, you know, families, uh, you know, trying to, struggling to make it work. But the British ones, it's, you know, a bookstore that hires Bill Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, a uh, the IT department of a corporation that hires a manager that doesn't know what a computer is. Or the staff of a, a department store that has not a lot of shoppers. Yes. <laughs> And yeah, and I, I think I think it's the situations were more appealing for me. And the humor is a little more biting. They're not nice. They're not mean, unless you're watching The Office, but they're not nice. Whereas a, an American sitcom, at least when I was growing up, we had to have the last five minutes where we learned a lesson and everybody loves each other and we all do a group hug, right? On a very special episode of... <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, none of that. Yeah, and you were allowed to get completely absurd. And sometimes it even went into the, the full-on slapstick. Usually did. And, you know, there was there, there tends to be um, a lot more physical comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, you know, so, you know, some of the great moments in um, uh, North American sitcoms are also physical. I, I, yeah. I point to Jazz getting thrown out of Uncle Phil's yeah! house. <laughs> Uh, uh, Cosmo Kramer falling up the stairs. Right. Uh, or, or flying into the, uh, apartment. Or Urkel, you know, get down. Did I do that? Carlton doing his dance. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, things like Hyacinth Bouquet, uh, when she goes to visit her sister Rose and the dog barks at her every time she goes sprawling into that hedge. It's fantastic. Um, but. Or, you know, um, um, in Allo Allo, when the Gestapo agent, um, agents have to, uh, disguise themselves. So they dress up as women and they have like complicated undergarments oh, and yes. fruit and, and they just are so off. Ah, yes, the fruit boobs. <laughs> Cannot forget the fruit boobs. <laughs> and of course, because they're trying to blend in, they've yes. also got, you know, Ruby red lipstick. Yes, ruby red lipstick. And then they're they're trying to be all graceful, and then off they go with their double matching limps. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, of course they still have the limp in the cane. Yes. Right. Well, that that's why they're Gestapo agents. Right. If they didn't have a limp, they'd be regular officers, right? Right. Uh, just, just, just crazy little funny things. Um. Uh, very outlandish. Uh, social situations. It was. It was silly. And it wasn't, it wasn't the, you know, I don't want to disparage, was it ABC and the TGIF lineup? You know, it was, it was good and I watched them all and I watched them all with my family, but the British ones, it was, it was darker, it was sillier. Uh, in a lot of cases it was funnier and it was dealing with subject matters that the, um, North American shows weren't all the North American ones was the same setup, you know, family in a house, watch what happens when dad gets a new job or mom, you know, decides to go back to school or meanwhile, you know, or the kids are dealing with bullying in another special episode. But, you know, they weren't doing a Star Trek ripoff or, you know, a Star Trek ripoff with a creature that is three million years descended from the ship's cat. (laughs) Yeah, I think that a lot of the American sitcoms were are still designed for you to watch with your family and they're meant for all ages whereas i think the british comedies are like nah you're gonna be a little older for this like we have kids shows and we have adult shows well they tend to they tend to um you know run the gamut of everything from you know kids shows all the way up to you know scathing adult uh, content but 
you know, and we're not saying that we're experts no. on British comedies, and we're not saying that we have watched them all exhaustively. No, no, um, this is a why we love, yeah, not no, why everyone not. loves, right? And you know, these are the ones that I've grown up with. These are the ones that I have loved. These are the ones that I've I have had the opportunity to see. Are there other ones that are better? Sure. Are there other ones that are more obscure? Probably. Probably. Um, are there uh, are the ones that uh, I mentioned that I liked? Are they bad? In some cases, yes. Some of them, yes, yes. Some of them, that's the whole point. The young ones. The young ones. I was <laughs> going to say the same thing. Yeah, it's a show about a punk with stars in his forehead. Then again. Um, <laughs> you were talking about the physical comedy, and since you said that, uh, I have had um, Eddie from Absolutely Fabulous falling down the stairs running <laughs> through my mind since, so I have to share that because, of course, she's drunk or can't oh. um, coordinate. It was French and Saunders, wasn't it? Uh, no, it's, it's, um, Don, wait, no, it's Jennifer Saunders without the French, but ah, it's what okay. she did after French and Saunders. Gotcha, gotcha. But I believe there is a little bit of crossover in the writing. Right. Absolutely fabulous. Eddie is Jennifer Saunders. Hmm. God, she's so good. Oh, uh, it's, it, it's fantastic. And honestly, like, I really loved the, the movies. Yes. That they did. And they did one recently and it was. Oh, is that the one where they went to the chalet in France? Uh, yes, I say because they also did that in the show, but yes, yes, where it's like all over the place and then you find out that Bubbles like this bajillionaire because she's been embezzling from the company. Yes. Uh, uh, that one was so fun. But, so these are just the way that we got into British comedies, but there are some British comedies that even people that are not into this obscure genre in North America are well aware of if they haven't seen it already um and that we've already mentioned monty python monty python is worldwide uh the movies are pretty much how most people were introduced uh mr bean i would say is mm-hmm. pretty universal i mean you don't but that's not it, it is a comedy but that's that's a skit that's a skit comedy that's not a uh mm-hmm. that's not a, a sitcom you know it's not a sitcom per se but it is definitely just let's just follow this guy around um, now, would you say Faulty Towers is in the line of the crossover into... No, it's a pure sitcom. No, no. I mean the crossover into pop culture. Like, everybody knows it even without uh, being I'm, into this. I'm not sure because it only had two series. And it, um, it, a lot of people know of it just because of John Cleese and the crossover yeah. from Monty Python. But... Um, uh, it also had a North American remake. I think it only lasted a season. I only I saw... I don't think it lasted a full season. But I think yeah. I only saw one or two episodes, yeah. but they did Faulty Towers in North America as a New England bed and breakfast with John Larroquette starring as the Basil Faulty character. Uh, and it was very, very funny. Yeah. Um, you know, when you've got John Larroquette playing that moderately unhinged Basil Faulty character, I do remember it being being quite good. But that was a lot. I was, oh, I couldn't have been, how did I, I must have been like 14 or 15. Yeah, I, I don't recall. Um, I do know that, um, I, I remember it happening, but I don't know when it happened. I know that they did like a, uh, uh, they tried a U.S. version of Absolutely Fabulous and they, they lost it all. They just lost it. Like there was no, they weren't awful people. They tried to make you care about them. And I was like, oh, you missed it. You missed it. Okay. So I'm wrong. Oh, okay. I am way wrong. Okay. Uh, the show was called Pain. Okay. Um, and it aired in it, nine episodes created, one unaired. Mm-hmm. In 1999, I was 21. Oh, well, there you go. Ouch. Apparently, there were three versions of Faulty Towers made. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that had a pilot episode only with Harvey Corman and Betty White called Sh- Chateau Snavely. I want to see that. Um, but, uh, so one of the others that I was thinking of as, um, uh, crossover into big pop culture would be, um, Black Adder. Oh, at least Black in the Adder. geek culture. Oh, Black Adder. I think Black Adder is probably, um, very well known. And, and, do you want to give your quick summary of Black Adder? I, I've heard you do it before. Think of the worst man in England as he pops up through different time periods of British of English history. So every season you have a different member of the Black Adder family, played by, of course, Rowan Atkinson, um, and an amazing cast of supporting characters, including Hugh Laurie, Stephen Fry, um, 
and a bunch of others as he keeps reoccurring throughout history as being like the worst person. He is conniving and manipulative and mean and just trying to exist in, you know, the Industrial Revolution or, you know, um, uh, the Dark Ages or Blackadder Goes Forth, which takes place in the trenches during World War I. Um, they even did one where they actually travel back and forth through time. They did that as a, a, a movie called Blackadder Back and Forth. Um, and what I love about the Black Adder series is because it's Rowan Atkinson and everybody had already known him as Mr. Bean, mm-hmm. um, although I think he did this one first, you actually get to see Rowan Atkinson being the comedy legend that he is. Yeah, and I remember a lot of a lot of my friends being very disappointed that they watched this and they said, ah, I was expecting Mr. Bean. I said, well, that's one character that this guy does. I mean, yeah. uh, no, Black Adder, Black Adder's brilliant. Um, it's scathing commentary uh, about, you know, British society throughout the ages, uh, done through the lens of a great comic. Uh, very, very funny, very sarcastic. Uh, uh, it's where we were introduced to Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie. Where we were, yeah, I, I think. Uh, I think many other people were introduced to them in other incarnations. Oh, uh, what was house. their what was their sitcom? Something in Wooster. Um, Jeeves and Wooster. Jeeves and that's Wooster. a that's an obscure British comedy reference, right? Where you can find them on YouTube, right? So Jeeves and Wooster is Hugh Laurie as an absolute fop dandy, yes, who can't even dress himself. Yep, and the only reason he manages to survive, like on on basic human survival levels, is because Stephen Fry as his butler jeeves is just doing everything for him and doing so wonderfully yeah yeah and it's it's fantastic it's fantastic now another one that i would say um is if not all across pop culture definitely across geek culture and that would be the it crowd oh yeah and that's a a, a more modern one that has definitely kind of touched the hearts of many a geek um and that to me is probably the best of the Graham Linehan shows. Right. And then that opens up, that opens up the door as well. Cause Graham Linehan, you know, lightning struck three times. He yes. had three massive shows with IT crowd, black books and father Ted. Yeah. And once you watch one, you'll watch the others cause they're all good and good. Now Graham Linehan himself, you know, we have to mention for clarity's sake that he is moderately to completely problematic. He's a turf. He's a turf. And he does. Well, I don't know that. And I'm not going to use that term. I will. But yeah, no, he's, he's, he's said many things in public, uh, statements that, uh, anyway. Yeah. But his politics aside, the TV shows that he's made, uh, are really, really good. And of my three, I think my favorite there is Father Ted. I love but, Father Ted. Um, but that's the thing, you know, this guy, this guy managed to strike lightning three times. And once you watch the IT, and the IT crowd is very, very funny because it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, an IT department of a major corporation led by someone who doesn't know what, as, as she pronounces it, computer. Computers. Uh, and doesn't know what a computer is. Uh, She's so, very skilled at the internet, you know, clicking, sending, e- clicking, double clicking, dra- dragging, copying, pasting. Uh, sending emails, receiving emails. And it's like, I could go on. Oh, please do. Um, anyway, um, it's such a silly, stupid setup. And, you know, with comedy legends like Chris O'Dowd and Richard Ayoade and, um, Noel Fielding. Yeah. Providing the rest of the IT department. Um, it, Matt Berry. And, and Matt Berry is the, the boss. The one that plays Jen. She's fantastic. I think what, what the signature for all three of those shows are is that the writing is smart and the actors are all comedy geniuses. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got Bill Bailey in Black Books and then um the guy that played Ted and the guy that played Dougal are just <laughs> fantastic. Like their timing, their... Doctor Who crossover. The guy yes. that played Father Dougal was in an episode of Doctor Who. Yes, he was a main character. He was uh, the, the cat dad in the uh, yeah, Traffic Jam episode. Absolutely. <laughs> it was so great. I loved it. Um, and from what I hear, I think it was like they they had been trying to figure out how to get him on the show mm. uh, because uh, they just really loved him. Um, and, and so that's... Oh, Father Dougal. He's, <laughs> he's great. Um, but it's... It's just it's it's smart, it's fun, and then you've got these actors that can really pull it off. Mm-hmm. 
And um, that that to me is what made those shows so good. It's not just it's not just actors thrown into a role they hope to make funny. Yeah. It's when you start with a comic mm-hmm. who has a stage presence and knows how to crack off a joke. And, you know, th- this has happened in North American mm-hmm. uh, TV shows as well. I mean, you had um, Roseanne and Jeff Foxworthy. Everybody loves Raymond. Everybody loves uh, Raymond. Um, Seinfeld. Now, I will say Seinfeld. sometimes you end up with a comic that can't act, Seinfeld. Um, but then other times you get a comic that can act, Roseanne. Yeah, uh, Grace Under Fire. Oh, uh, Brett Butler. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and so and she had Dave Thomas on her show. I know, SCTV legend. Um, but but uh, was he Bob or Doug McKenzie? It was one of them. Yeah, he was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, the thing is, finding that that charisma, that comedy timing, and the ability to act and not just look like a stand-in. Um, with IT Crowd, what I love is that we got that great duo. Of um, Noel Fielding and Richard, I'll let you say his last name. Ayo Ade. Thank you, Ayo Ade. Uh, their chemistry is bonkers. It is so amazing. Um, it's it's kind of funny that there's not that much in the show between the two of them. Because they'll show up on like 8 out of 10 cats. Yeah, Countdown. Uh, uh, they, they do like travel shows. They do, you know, Great British Bake Off. <laughs> like they, 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 they show up everywhere and they're, they just feed off of each other. Oh, what's the, um, the great quiz of everything? Yes. That's uh, another one of their regulars. So it's just, they're, they're fantastic. Um, so there's a couple of these that were so good that they made, they made U.S. versions and many people, were introduced to the U.S. versions first. So I'm going to start with the biggest, most successful one that everyone's thinking of, The Office. Right. The Office was huge in the United States. It was huge in the U.K. as well. And that was Ricky Gervais, right? It's Ricky Gervais, yeah. In the the British one, and it was Steve Steve Carell in the the North American one. Yep. Um, I don't like either of them. That's me. I I, I don't like that type of, of... here, let's watch a panic attack unfold for 22 yeah. minutes. Well, and the British version for me is worse because it it is that very mean humor mm. and it feels a lot like bullying mm. and I, I don't like it. Um, but there are parts of the U.S. office that I really do love. And I think, again, one of the things that worked really well is how many comics did they bring in? Right. Uh, the bunch of The Daily Show crew came in, a bunch of really great comedic writers started acting in the office um you had uh, uh Mindy Colling and BJ Novick they were the um they were writers of the show that they just started acting in the show mm. and and it just made a really great dynamic um and so that's probably like one of the most uh probably successful of the British comedies. There's been a lot of like British dramas that they've made US versions of. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of fails, like for instance, Red Dwarf. <laughs> yeah. So Although I really, really, really want to see Terry Farrell acting like the cat, but that's... that's That has ro- nothing, nothing to do, to do with, with the show. show. I could yeah. watch that on mute. That's just because I have a crush on Terry Farrell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. But it was... It was um, you know, I, I, there's been a lot of those, like we said, faulty towers they tried and absolutely fabulous they tried. And they've tried a lot of these to to make them cross over. And they do one of two things. They either change it so much that it's unrecognizable for what it is or they um don't change it enough. And the, the humor doesn't work because it's just it doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and um, a lot of it is, like you're mentioning before, it's the writing. Yeah. So when you take a show that's successful because of its writing and then give it to another writer, mm-hmm. um, if they don't have that same spirit, that same everything, it 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 may or may not work. I mean, yeah. uh, th- that's where I think a lot of them fail. I mean, Red Dwarf is incredibly funny because it is written very very well and then performed by you know great actors but if you just have great actors with that great premise but crummy writing you're gonna get 
Yeah, and, a crummy and, show that never makes it past the pilot. And they didn't have like they could have included some of the original cast in in their input at least, you know. But it seemed um, from what I've heard, like actors and people that worked on the project, that this was just completely out of everyone's hands. There is a uh, U.S. comedy show, I believe, uh, that is based on the concept of bringing a British comedy to the US. It's called Episodes. And it's uh, Tamsin Grigg and uh, I can't remember the guy's name. But they've got this show about a headmaster of a private of a school in uh, England. And they bring it to the US and they go, okay, but nobody understands that. So we're going to make him instead of a headmaster, we're going to make him a coach. And he's going to be a hockey coach. And he's going to be played by Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> and Matt LeBlanc plays himself. And it shows how somebody that had a really edgy, smart, funny show, how just little bits from the studios kind of chip away at the premise until it becomes this completely unrecognizable mess. And right. But the funny thing here is that that's Matt LeBlanc yeah. playing Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. Like they brought him He's playing himself on the show. And he's a mean character throughout the entire thing. It is fantastic. It's probably some of the best acting Matt LeBlanc has ever done, which is really funny to say. Um, it was on, I believe, Showtime. Uh, I was talking about it this weekend to a family member. It was on Showtime for a while, and it is funny. I found it through Netflix. It is so good, uh, so witty. And it make it puts things into perspective about when they do make a U.S. version of something, how sometimes even if you think you have everything, I brought the original writers, it's still out of your control because the studio. We also have to remember that um, the U.K. is a completely different country across yep. an ocean with a different history, yep. uh, different people, different politics, different environment, different everything. Yeah. And that leads to different people's finding different things funny. Watching an unhinged Turkey um hotel, seaside hotel owner lose his mind and hit, you know, his Spanish waiter in the head with a spoon is very very funny in 1970s England. Yeah. In 1999 America, watching a moderately unhinged New England bed and breakfast owner hit his Mexican like, imagine if Bob Newhart was a drunk. Like, that's what you ended up getting, you know? But it's it's not nearly as funny because yeah. it doesn't hit this. You know, even when they try to hit it note for note, it's the song doesn't sound as good here because we do. It's not the thing that we find funny. Um, I I I forgot where I was going. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, yeah so, no, and I just want to add on to what you were saying mm. that, you know, the translation, it doesn't work, especially with the uh, changing of the time period, uh, for instance. Um, and this isn't a British comedy, but I just recently watched, uh, tried to watch the new version of A West Side Story. This is a musical I loved growing up. And I always said it stinks that there's only one Puerto Rican playing a Puerto Rican in this. So finally they've come out with one and they updated it where you actually have Puerto Rican actors playing Puerto Ricans. Yes. And because of the time and like awareness and everything, I'm like, this is just hate crimes set to music. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, yeah. I was going somewhere with that. Uh -huh. And, and so it's, it's similar. So sometimes it's the time has changed and sometimes it's just, well, that's just not funny here. Well, and, and the other thing is that I think the big, big difference is mm. that British TV does not talk down to its audience. No. North American TV assumes you're stupid. Yes. And that's why we have to reset everything at the end of the episode. Right. Um, British TV show doesn't, uh, TV shows don't tend to do that um, until recently. Now, I have to say recently because now you've got every TV show that comes out now for some reason has to be filmed backwards where episode one has to start with the conclusion where you go, wow, what happened? And then you have to watch the next 85 episodes of flash forwards and flash backwards and dream sequences to unravel the mystery of what you saw in the first 20 seconds. And I find that so infuriating. And do I really care how you met your mother? I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, but, right there. um, yeah. I'm, um, there's one in particular that I'm thinking of, but it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, an- another thing, that, another thing that they do is that. Uh, oh, it's not a sitcom, but what was that one about the um, the sci-fi one? Was that Life on Mars? Yes, Life on Mars. Where they brought it to North America based on a British show. Very, very good. Yep. Brought it to North America. Very, very good. Completely changed the ending. Yes. So now you get to watch them both. Yeah, that was actually really well because it didn't feel like I was watching the same thing. I was like, okay, there's like little differences. And the way I watched it is I watched it one for one, one for one, one for one. And then when they started to deviate, I finished one. And then went back and finished the other. And I was like, all right, that's kind of cool. I like that. Um, I enjoyed that because they were also, I believe, simultaneously being released. Mm-hmm. So, like, one of them was in um, the beginning of it when the other one started or something. I don't know. But it was it was really wild to be able to see that. That was, that was probably one of the cooler things. Um, whereas I think... Um, being human, it was just completely different people, different characters kind of a thing. And so it also a different story, but then it was definitely a comparison of, well, which one do you like better instead of a, well, they're both good in yeah. different ways. Um, so I kind of want to get into some of our absolutely favorite British comedies that kind of stick with us, like the ones that either A, we suggest or B, we keep going back to, and we'll just watch over and over again. Well, for me, I mean, it's obvious because it's the only one of these shows that that I've mentioned that I haven't mentioned here, but of all the British comedies, I've only ever been a guest star on a podcast to talk about one of these shows. Oh, that would be... Well, th- 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 yes. Yes. You're right. I was going to say we dedicated a whole episode to one but right to no vicar. I shall not, not be, be going, going to, to Tottenham, Tottenham today, today, but I wasn't a guest on somebody else's podcast. Yes, for that. Yes. that was our very own podcast, yes. but uh, that would be red dwarf. Yes. And if you haven't listened to the red dwarf intro cast, uh, uh, it's the red dwarf intro com or dot wordpress.com. If you just look for, if you Google red dwarf intro cast, it will take you there and you will see some fetching, fetching cover art, right? As hosts. you get uh, two Brits yes. introducing two Americans, to Red Dwarf, episode by episode. Yep, and they've watched everything, and and, and it is the it is the um one intro cast, and an intro cast is when somebody's already seen it, and right. they they've got newbies going through reviewing it episode by episode, mm-hmm. um, and it's the only one where they loved it from the first <laughs> season. Uh, every anyway. other intro cast I've watched, I've listened to. They're like, ah, it's good, it's good. And they don't become True Boo fans until second, third season, whereas the Red Dwarf intro cast, they, they were in. And uh, it they were in for the same reasons that I was in from the very, very beginning. I love Red Dwarf. That show is dumb, dumb. to all levels. But it's I had a huge problem growing up that besides Star Wars and Star Trek, there was no good sci-fi. And I know somebody's going to come, well, what about this? Well, fine. You know, Babylon 5. But especially in movies, I could never... I I, I wanted more sci-fi, and I never had enough. And there was never any really good stuff coming out. Because the Star Trek movies, let's be honest, they're not that good. Okay. What is that noise? That's the V'ger noise. Oh. From (laughs) the movie that happened a year after I was born. Yes. 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 Um, But... Or, you know, they're going to go back in time and save a bunch of crap lousy whales, which ended up being the best of all of the movies. Fantastic movie. Nuclear Wessels. But <laughs> I wanted more good sci-fi, and I could never get it. But I could always go back and watch Red Dwarf, because that's good sci-fi, and it's hilarious. And, and it was constantly on TV. And if I'm going to introduce somebody to, to, to British sitcoms, if they like sci-fi, I'll start with that one. Um, yeah, if you are a younger person... And you're like, what are they talking about not having sci-fi on TV? There was Star Trek, and that was it. We were in a sci-fi comic book geek wasteland where you watched everything because it's all you had. Now we're overloaded. Now, the the gateway for my mother, because my mother's a huge um, yeah. uh, British comedy fan, we, we ended up, every time we go home, we'll watch a little bit of British comedy with my mother. Um that uh, the big one for her was keeping up appearances uh, yeah. because Hyacinth looks, sounds, and acts exactly like her mother, my <laughs> grandma. So it was uh, fun to watch Hyacinth flail around the yard because it's exactly what my grandma would do. 
And this this is a show where it is basically a a suburban wife who um is always trying to appear more upper crust than she actually is. Yeah, she, she is very definitely middle class. Her last name is Bucket. Yeah, which Bucket residence. But she pronounces it Bouquet, yes. and she is trying so hard to be upper crust aristocracy. And she comes from lower middle class for sure. Right. You know, um, and, and, and definitely trying to do that whole reaching thing, but just missing the mark. Meanwhile, all the people around her, they don't care. Nobody cares. It's 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 a good setup, yeah. and it, it's hilarious. Every episode, you know, she's trying to sneak into a castle, or get aboard a cruise ship, yeah. or impress the vicar, or not be embarrassed by daddy running around naked. Oh, poor dad. Um, but it's 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 quite fun. Yeah. So that was mom's big uh, gateway. That and then um, yeah, and then after that, it was because uh, they played it back to back. It was keeping up appearances and are you being served? Yeah. And we we started there because I was watching those with my mother late at night because neither of us could sleep. And um, are you being served? Is probably one of the longer running shows. Although, that, hello, hello. I uh, think. You know, uh, you know that's we gotta Google that real fast. So the the same guy that made Are You Being Served, which is about a bunch of uh, clerks that work on one floor of a department store. Yeah, that's Jeremy Lloyd and David Croft. Yep. And uh, so they made uh, Are You Being Served? And that went for years and years and years and it ended up having sequels and all this other stuff. He also made another show called Allo Allo. And it's about a cafe owner in occupied France during World War II. And he's working for the resistance and he's befriended the Germans and he's uh, playing every side. Meanwhile... He is having an extramarital affair with his waitresses under the nose of his wife, trying to make sure that the waitresses don't find out about each other, that the wife doesn't find out about the waitresses, that the Germans don't find out about the resistance, and that the resistance doesn't find out about the Germans. Meanwhile, he has uh, escaping British airmen in oh, his yes. basement somewhere. Or um, under his mother's bed or wherever. wherever yes. oh, he has the resistance radio under his mother's bed yeah. and the um, local gendarme is a british spy that can't speak french good morning good morning <laughs> so, oh, the way Officer they handle tree. language in that show is fantastic yes. and he, go ahead no no i just uh how did that like was that your intro to british comedy is that the one that you're going to recommend to people to watch oh, well i was going to say that um you know are you being served is a classic but that is that is another one that i absolutely loved and i think not a lot of people have heard of it even people that are into british comedies for instance i kept making references and jokes about it and tech did not understand until finally we found it on amazon prime and we're able to go through and watch it and it's it's just silly it's funny there's every now and then because it is an older show we're like take a drink when things are a little outdated uh but it's just it's just so silly and stupid um but my big top ones yeah it's gonna be uh that it's going to be uh absolutely fabulous it's gonna be father ted though i really love father ted um because i think that's another one that not a lot of people have heard of it only had what three seasons Mm mm-hmm and um sadly they wrapped it up knowing that they were done and the main star uh died, yeah. died at the rap party <laughs> yeah died at the rap party um and and that was that that's quite sad yeah. uh because we could never go back no, like it was such a, such a success on VHS that they could have brought it back but we could never go back so on that note we do have to mention uh Graham Lenehan uh, because Father Ted is one of his yeah. shows and Irish comedies Oh, no. No, no, no. We're going into the cringe territory for Nutty. For Nutty. Because I know that you you oh, really, this one. really don't like no. Mrs. Brown no. and her boys. No. Um, but it's very Irish, very funny. Oh, I'm trying to think of the actor's name. Let me look it up now. Yeah. <sighs> While he's talking about that, I'm going to mention some other really good oh, ones. If I look up Mrs. Brown, I get a movie starring Judy Dench. Not what I'm looking for. Uh, is that there's another show. Mrs. Brown's Boys. That's that um, is more modern uh, called Spaced that I absolutely love and I highly recommend because if you like any of the, uh, oh, what's his name? 
uh, the, the, the zombie one, Hot Fuzz. What's his oh, name? um, the Cornetto trilogy. I know. I'm um, like, I can remember Nick Frost. Anyway, those guys. <laughs> Scotty. Yeah. In the new in the new movie. Yeah, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Anyway, the show is called Space. And it's about two roommates, and it's where they started working t- together. Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg, thank you. I just completely blanked on his name. Just really funny because the Red Dwarf intro cast has a couple of bonus episodes where they've done the Cornetto trilogy mm. because Shane had never seen them. And by the way, if you're looking for that, that is the Red Dwarf intro cast.wordpress.com. Um, but Spaced is such a fun little, um, show about a comic book nerd and his roommate and and it is where that magic starts. And it's, it's definitely worth watching. And then you've got things like Gavin and Stacy and, and some of the more modern ones that, uh, so I think people, you may, enjoy. you may not like Mrs. Brown's, mm-hmm. Mrs. Brown's boys, but it is worth mentioning for a couple of reasons. Okay. One, Brendan O'Carroll's a genius. He is the, the main, uh, actor, writer, creator, director, and, uh, star, uh, along with his wife and I think four of his kids. Mm. Who do a? It's a two-camera show on a live soundstage of Mrs. Brown's house, shot in front of a live audience in one take. Yeah, because if they flub a line or somebody laughs or somebody falls down, they just keep going, which is great for Brendan O'Carroll because he is like an improv comedy master, and most of the other people on the set are not. Yeah. So it does lead to a lot of it does lead to a lot of people, you know, having to hide behind furniture to laugh because they don't want to ruin it. It is very, very funny. Uh, Nutty doesn't like it very much. My parents absolutely love this show, and oddly, weirdly enough, it was translated into French, and they've done a French Canadian version of this show with all French actors. And according to my parents, it's pretty funny. It's just really hard to find. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it's it's easier to find these days, though. Mm-hmm. You were mentioning Irish shows. Yeah. Like Mrs. Going, Brown's Boys. Yeah, I am going to mention Dairy Girls. Ah, the Dairy Girls. The Dairy Girls. And that's currently going on. Um, the l- third season, I think, or I should say the third season, is uh, on its way to be delivered soon. Um, but that has a much higher production. It's not set on a soundstage or anything, and there's no audience. It's, no, you know, no, the, the, it's not a, a one. What is it? Two camera. Yeah, two or three camera, camera show. show it, it's yeah. it's not on a soundstage. It's a shot yeah. on location. It has a high budget, like high dollar value, and it's funny. It's a girls' school in Ireland in the nineties. It's a collection of girls in the early nineties during the Troubles, uh, living right on the border. Between Northern Ireland and the Republic of and hijinks ensue. Mm. We'll just say hijinks ensue. The soundtrack will get you. Um, which, you know, the soundtrack and how it brings me back to that time. Um, that is, uh, like the, um, uh, nostalgia vibe that I got from, and I'm going back to British here. It, this is more of a drama, but it, it still has some comedy. My Mad Fat Diary, which brings me to like late nineties, early two thousands, mm. um, music vibes that kind of bring yeah, the soundtrack's right back. awesome. Yeah. The soundtrack is just amazing. Okay. So now that we're off that non sequitur, <laughs> no, it just Dairy Girls is, yep. this is something you can be watching right now and be current with. Right. But I mean, yeah. Where are we at on your list? What else have we got to talk about? Uh, it was just our faves and uh, what we're what we think people should be watching right now. Like what keeps us coming back to it? Man, a lot of these shows, like we're talking about shows from the seventies and eighties, at least the ones that you know <laughs> that I watch, and it's like visiting an old friend. You know, I'll go ahead and watch an old episode of Red Dwarf from time to time. Um, as for stuff that's going on right now, I'm sure there's great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, have I seen it all? No. Um, I have problems with TV recently. I, I haven't been watching a lot, and I know that's my problem. I think sometimes it's it's good to have something from the past so you can break away from what's going on in the world right now. Like, TV is supposed to be an escape, and it's supposed to be a let's turn our brain off and just watch this thing. Why do we watch The Simpsons over and over again? Why do we watch Futurama over and over again? And over and over and over again. Because we know we're going to enjoy it, 
and we know that it's it's not going to be hey let's talk about this current event right now um <laughs> there's there's something comforting and relaxing there are a bunch of shows that are from the past that I'd like to watch more of like we've seen a few clips of that what is it yes prime minister Oh, yes, Prime Minister. It looks so good. So there's a lot that we haven't even explored yet. And there's the one that I keep, I keep hearing about or seeing mm-hmm. a snippet, but I, I think it's called the Thin Blue Line. I'm not sure. I'm not mm-hmm. going to look it up, but it's Rowan Atkinson as a Bobby. Okay. Um, which would be hilarious because yeah. I think this was set in the 90s anyway. Um, yeah. it does look quite good. I mean, it's Rowan Atkinson, so yeah. you're like, hey, that'll be kind of cool. Yeah, you know, we're, we're at, at least starting there. Um, the thing is, is that I do hear the the comment, and this is the thing that we had mm. to do in my house, um, is sometimes the accents can be a little... The problem that a North American audience will have is that with some British shows or some UK shows, is that the accents can be a little thick. And... If you have a cast from different places, the accents aren't consistent. So mm-hmm. things like IT Crowd, where you have one member of the cast who's Irish, and you know you have a scene with Noel Fielding, Richard Ayoade, Matt Berry, and Chris O'Dowd, and all four of them are speaking with different English accents, can make it very, very hard to um, uh, to uh, to break into. So put the subtitles on. Yeah, yeah. Put the subtitles on. Unless it's allo allo, and sometimes the subtitles are even worse. I don't know why the subtitles for allo allo are just off the wall bad. And they're maddeningly inconsistent yes. because sometimes, like especially with Officer Crabtree's bad French English, they'll translate it phonetically. Other times they'll actually do the hard work and tell you what he's supposed to be saying. Sometimes it's a completely different word. Yeah, it's, I, it's I, crazy. I don't, I don't know. So there's one other show that I'd like to get into more with you, because, mm. but it's difficult to find, and that's The British Empire. I... I have been waiting to watch the British. You showed me one scene. Yeah. <laughs> so this is Rimmer from Red Dwarf. Yeah. Who's playing the same type of like snotty, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? He's stuck up, uh, it- m- idiot. He's playing the, basically the Rimmer character who's like the king of his world. And the, the world that he is the king of is a local community center. Well, and the thing is, the difference is he's not a I'll do anything to get ahead. I'll step on anyone. And actually, that's my first option. Uh, uh, Mr. Bridges is you care about him. He has a good heart and it's all about him. You know, everybody wants to help him, but he's such a bumbling idiot. Yes. Like he's so incompetent. And 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 this rem- this yeah. reminds me exactly of John Cleese in. Oh, what was the one about the zoo? Was that Dangerous Creatures? Yes, yes, the one. <laughs> Where he told his zoo staff that he was killing all of the animals, but he couldn't bring himself to do it, so he's hiding like penguins in his apartment. And Exactly. So that's why we love British comedies. And if you've got some that we haven't mentioned, and there's a lot of them that we haven't mentioned, uh, please let us know. What are we missing out on? What are the British comedies you like? If you've never watched a British comedy... Um, I hope we've given you some ideas of where to start. If you're a geek and you like Star Trek or Star Wars or any sci-fi like that, start with Red Dwarf. I think that's a, our consensus. Yeah? I think so, yeah. Also, if you, um, if you are from somewhere in the world and you have a local comedy show that can be translated into English that is really, really worth it, if there's a Swedish comedy show out there that's a hidden gem or a German comedy yeah. show or a Japanese comedy show, if you know of something out there that's an absolute gem of a sitcom, uh, please let us know. I would love to watch a French comedy. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if there's something that we're missing, let us know. Mm-hmm. And on that note, we're going to say goodbye and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. And before we go, I do want to make sure that we thank all of our patrons without whom we would not be doing two episodes a month. And so thank you so much to all of you. Thank you for paying for those server fees and everything else and 
Um, by the way, you also purchased a power cord for a certain guest of ours. So thank you so much for all of that. So thank you to Jax, to who's our top tier big daddy. Uh, thank you to Jason, to Rich the TT. Those are our big daddies. And if there is someone that identifies as a big mama, I'm excited for them to join that tier. But in our next tier, we have our patrons of the arts and we want to thank Andy, Holly Mack, Mark Cabot, uh, Mark, uh, Mark the Encaffeinated One, Melissa Bartell, the Bathtub Mermaid, Paul and Susanna. And thank you to all of our other patrons who are the bread and butter and keep the lights on. So thank you so much to uh, Cliff, Greg, Harold, Hugh, Ian, Justine, Ken, Kinsey, Mike, Patrick, the Radical Geek, Shane, uh, Stephen, Will, and Zachman. Thanks so much. Nutty Bites is produced by Mimlas Studios under a Creative Commons Attribution No Commercial Non-Derivatives 3.0 International License. That means you can't change it without my permission. You can share it and send it to your friends. Just link back to me, my site, and everything. We live at nimlas.org, which has links to everything social media, including facebook.com slash group slash nuttybites and patreon.com slash nukejoss or call 347-NUTTY42. Shane, I've done it. Again, Paul, then open the window. There's no need to announce it. No, not that. I've invented a machine that can erase our memory of Red Dwarf so we can watch it for the first time. Again. Really? Is it safe? Completely. Although you might also forget how to read, write, and do math. I'm a politician. I don't need any of that. Also, it would probably make your head explode. And ruin my hair? No. Let's just find a lovely American couple who have barely even heard of Red Dwarf to watch the show with us. That will be the next best thing to seeing it for the first time. Hi, I'm Angela. This is my husband, Heath. What are you doing in my house? Well, we're just your everyday American couple wandering about looking for someone who feels like watching a show we've barely even heard of with us. Maybe we're recording a podcast about it. Hmm, that's really convenient. And you can listen in on the fun with the Red Dwarf intro cast. Check us out on iTunes, Facebook, and Twitter.